Success Movie Rewind. We're looking at movies through a personal development lens, seeing what we can learn. Here's your host, Alex Stevens. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Success Movie Rewind. I'm your host, Alex Stevens. This week, as promised, we are doing Dune, the long-awaited Dune episode. I feel like I've been talking about it for months. Looking forward to it almost as much as I was looking forward to the movie last year. One of the best movies of 2021, based on a series of classic science fiction novels that began in 1965. But clearly, they've stood the test of time. They've got fans throughout popular culture. It's been adapted once before in the 80s by visionary director David Lynch, a huge influence on this podcast. And folks, if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Even if you don't like science fiction movies, if you like epic action, things like that, it, it's it's cool. It's a good story. There's a lot of interplanetary intrigue and backstory. I'll try to keep that to a minimum and make it accessible. The books have as much of that as you want. If you're into it, I recommend them highly if you're into that kind of thing. But it really is a, a good story for everybody. It, it takes itself seriously, but it takes the audience seriously as well. Uh, there's not a ton of jokes. There's some humorous notes, I would say. But it is a good time for everybody. It, it's, it's, it's a good movie. I recommend it. Looks like we've got a part two coming out. It got greenlit almost immediately after part one came out last year. So I think that's a good sign that other people feel the same way. So let's get to it, folks. Let's listen to our first clip. And folks, don't adjust your radio or your podcast delivery application of choice. This is a weird clip. We're playing it for a reason. We'll talk about it after we hear it. Let's listen to it. All right, so folks, if you don't remember or if you haven't seen the movie, very mild spoiler. I'm not going to spoil much. Rule of reason, this is a new movie. If It's an old book, but a new movie. And I don't remember much from the books, um, so I can't spoil much. So don't worry about this. But if you're a purist, spoiler alert, upcoming. This is the first sound that you hear in this movie. This comes before you even see the Warner Brothers logo. You see a black, just—I don't, I don't know. It's not—it's not even a scene. It's—it's it's just uh, the 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 screen is black, and then there's a subtitle while this sound is playing, and it says, "Dreams are messages from the deep," and that could be a takeaway for itself. That could be our first takeaway. I do reserve the right to just quote a movie for a takeaway when it's worthwhile. Uh, when I don't think we have any more of a spin to put on it. But here I want to say for our first takeaway, yes, dreams are messages from the deep. But whether or not you believe that, I know there are dream skeptics out there. I've spent periods of my life as a dream skeptic. And I think maybe I was, my psyche was protecting itself from the power of the messages from the deep because it was that important to face the here and now in the real world. So look, you know when you need to be in the real world and when you need to be in the dream world. But when you wake up and you think, what the heck was that? Uh, or if you are like, why do I keep remembering this part of this dream or something like that, that is worth paying attention to. That's a message I believe from our deeper selves. And even if you don't believe that, 
and you're more, you know what, actually, we have a second clip. I'm being a little cute here, folks. You know, we, we always are going to have three takeaways. We're always going to have three clips. But here, I don't want you to feel cheated by the, the weird sound subtitled clip. So uh, with respect to going deep on your dreams, even if you don't believe that dreams are messages from the deep, you may find some resonance with our next clip. And this is by a character named Duncan Idaho, which is funny. You know, it's a reminder of the... the, the the lineage and the heritage of the the Western uh, novels that sat right alongside science fiction novels in the the pulp fiction and the dime store paperbacks of the mid century United States. Uh, and Dune really has that in its blood, and you see that with a character named like Duncan Idaho. It's a funny name, uh, but he's a cool guy. He's played by Jason Momoa, uh, Aquaman, or Cal Drogo from Game of Thrones. And so maybe you th you you you're more in this camp. Let's hear the second quote. Dreams make good stories, but everything important happens when we're awake. All right. So dreams are good stories, but everything important happens when we're awake. So Duncan's saying this to the main character Paul, played by Timothée Chalamet, who is our our protagonist. He's going on the closest thing we have to a hero's journey in this series. It is a uh, Almost a generation after Joseph's camp, Jovis, Joseph's, Joseph Campbell's hero with a thousand faces, I think, uh, which itself was an application of the the Jungian ideas, which I think Frank Herbert, the guy who wrote the Dune novels, is is clearly familiar with all of those sources. The dude is so smart and erudite, and the first novel especially is just so well planned, and the the way he built the world of the desert planet of Dune, especially, and what water means there as opposed to a planet that that has a lot of water, more like ours, and what that would mean for life is. is unbelievable. And a good example of uh, the book's dedication, which is to what Frank Herbert calls the real world ecologists, who are the people who are doing what Duncan Idaho says, who are doing what Im the important things that happen when we're awake. But here, I still think that still someone's gone deep on a dream there. Anytime somebody is working in the real world with physical materials, uh, whether it's planetary terraforming or just, you know, building a swing set for your kids, mowing your lawn, whatever, you have a vision, you have a dream of what life should look like, and you're making that happen. And either way, you've got to go deep, whether it's internal or external, depends on the, on the circumstance and the situation. But um, it, you, it's important to go deep on your dreams because they are messages from the deep, whether that's a deeper self uh, telling you something about yourself that will help you on your journey, or whether it's a vision of the external world and what you, what your deeper self is telling you, you can do out there when you're awake, something important that you can do. I, I've had literal flashes of visions of, or just sentences come into my head, especially as a lawyer, uh, when you're writing something or something like that, where you don't quite know what it means, but you know you should write it down. Uh, or if you spend time in the morning meditating or journaling, which I highly recommend, before your brain waves really get popping, when you're really still as close to that deeper unconscious self that's been resting and kind of watching things while your conscious self has been offline. 
Uh, that's where you get those messages and then you go out into your day and act upon them. So I don't think they're, you know, I've played these quotes in opposition, but of course I think they are kind of saying the same thing. It's more of a duality to navigate for all of us. Uh, and that's why it's important to go deep with respect to what our dreams mean in the external world or the internal world. And of course, you've really got to do both. You've got to sit, you know, as you know, longtime listeners, we've had enough episodes now. I think I can refer to longtime listeners know that I'm in the garage. And before we record, I do try to sit in the garage and just it, sometimes I'm thinking about a dream I just had. I have dream. I highly recommend this. If you have, you got to get dream friends, uh, people in your life. You know, Meek Mill has his record label, the rapper Meek Mill, ex one of my faves. Uh, and he's got his series of mixtapes. And I think one of his record label imprints are they're the dream chasers. You know, you've got to get your dream chasers in your real life. So I have friends that will, we text each other our dreams, not every day or anything like that. Uh, and not our dreams like our goals or our vision boards. Although I have friends where we do that kind of thing too, which I also recommend. But literally like, hey, this is a crazy dream I had. Oh, wow. That, you know, what, what do you think about this part? Blah, blah, blah. You know, what does it mean to you? And then you, when people are, it's a gift to hear that kind of thing. If you have dream chasers in your life or, you know, dream friends, whatever, if you have a place where that kind of thing is welcome and you're so inclined, highly recommend it. Dream clubs are the new book clubs. You, if you can get a dream text thread going, it rules. Uh, it's got to be no expectation. What's said in the text thread stays there, in my opinion. Um, you know, that said, don't say anything you don't want repeated. I, I do feel like the, uh, I don't know what it is about the modern era that makes me say that as well. I don't think anybody on my dream threads are going to share it. I suppose it's because I'm a lawyer and a litigator and I've seen what people thought were private text messages get caught up that way. Uh, and so I do want to exercise caution. Anyway, we're getting a little bit off the track, but that's what happens, man. You get in the real world and you start forgetting your dreams. You, you start forgetting who your deeper self is because you're navigating. What about this? What about that? What am I even trying to do today? Oh, oh yeah. I'm trying to finish a podcast. You know what I mean? Um, probably you do. <laughs> I'm just playing folks, but seriously, go deep on your dreams, go hard on your dreams. Just keep going on your dreams. All right. We're going to take a break, folks. When we come back, we're going to do our second, well, I guess our third quote, second takeaway. See you soon. All right, folks. We're back. Success movie rewind. We're talking Dune. Let's talk about our second quote, folks. How do you go deep on your dreams? How do you do that balance of your internal, what you know should be or what you want to be doing and what you have to be doing in the external world? How do you balance your relationships versus your need for uh, time alone? How do you balance how you think things should be versus what you know you need to learn from people who know more than you? We all know the familiar saying by now, I think it's a good one. Trust the process. For our second takeaway from Dune, I want to add some nuance to that saying with our second quote. So before we get to the takeaway, let's hear the second quote. Let's, let's hear what Dune has to say about the mystery of life. 
The mystery of life isn't a problem to solve. But a reality to experience. A process that cannot be understood by stopping it. We must move with the flow of the process. We must join it. We must flow with it. So I, I really think this is worth remembering. It's an important line in the movie. It's important enough that it gets a, a cool dream sequence narration to underscore it. And I really think it, it underscores that you do have to trust the process. You have to jump right in and experience reality. And on some level, you have to turn off your problem-solving brain. And I think this is where we hear trust the process the deployed to the highest value in that kind of apprenticeship situation or in a, a long-term goal situation, especially one where you're working as part of a team and you just have to trust the process. Like uh, an NBA team, I, I can't be, I can't pretend to be enough of a sports guy. I, I should come clean. I have like a loose feeling that this is from sports, trust the process. I know I've seen athletes say it, but I can't claim to know who is the first person to say trust the process. Jump in the comments if you if you do know that and you feel like sharing. I'm I'm sure I'll Google this at some point, but it's enough of a cliche at this point that you can also see it deployed to as like a what you see in the literature of like cult busters or deprogrammers, people who try to bring people back to the real world after being in uh, what they call a cult, uh, I guess what other people would call a high demand organization. Uh, you know, but either way, an organization that deploys thought terminating cliches, where rather than think about something deeply, rather than using language as a vehicle to deeper thought, it actually runs a circuit that like terminates thought. It's tautological often. It states a conclusion uh, rather than proving it. And so if someone can say, for example, in a, a hostile workplace situation or a, a workplace or a training situation where there are problems, hey, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. And I've seen it happen as an employment lawyer where things go wrong and someone says something to the effect of you have to trust the process, stop the complaints. That's where the the saying or the cliche becomes a thought terminating cliche to me. And that's where I want to add some nuance with our second point. Trust the process, yes, but remember that you are part of the process. And that's why I think this sec the second sound clip is so interesting with respect to this takeaway. So again, trust the process, but remember that you are part of the process. So what does that have to do with the mystery of life uh, as a problem to solve versus a reality to experience? Well, I think that quote gets at the, the balance that we all have to strike between action and inaction or committing ourselves to a path versus letting life happen to us, uh, becoming something versus being ourselves. And of course, they're all, I, I really do believe they're all different ways of saying the same thing when you zoom out enough or zoom in enough, when you chunk it out enough or chunk it down enough, or, you know, I'm never quite sure what preposition to append to the verb chunking 
in the conceptual sense. But I think they're all different, interesting thought experiments when you do it. But anyway, my point is, you've got to remember that you're a part of the process, that reality to experience, you know, so when when people tell you the mystery of life, you've got to just accept these mysteries, that is valuable, you've got to know when to be still, but you are the one experiencing the reality. And so one of the concepts that the do novels uh, include, that I think is so useful is this, the sense that Paul, the protagonist has an inner sense of right and wrong. Uh, I think it's called an inner sense of rightness that gets offended when something is off to him. And that can feel presumptuous, especially when you're the protagonist of a hero's journey, science fiction series of novels. And so you're beginning it and you're around all these people who know more than you do, who are in some ways manipulating you and you're finding out about these things uh, and they can be disillusioning. You can question whether you're ever going to know the truth. And it can be easy to look for uh, what this movie refers to as an external voice from the outer world that will sort of lead you to salvation. And trusting the process is part of that, humbling yourself, having faith in a larger power than yourself, a higher power than yourself, trusting your part of it is key. But you've got to remember that you're a part of the process. And so when your experience of that reality is off, it's time to, to trust yourself and know when to speak up because we really are what we're paying attention to. We are the reality we experience. And so I do think this quote, you know, the mystery of life is not a problem to solve, gets at a very important value. On some level, you've got to turn off your problem-solving brain and just jump into life and uh, recognize that there's more to life. That's where dreams being messages from the deep can be very valuable. In the day-to-day, we see we have parts of our brains that are like little chattering monkeys or rats or whatever analogy you want to use that are just flittering from a stimulus to stimulus saying, what's the problem here? How can I solve it? What's this? What's this? How can I use this? How can I... And it's like, you can, you can confuse that with the entirety of your experience because it is your literal vision, but you have that deeper self that will call out to you. And that's when I think you really have to remember that your experience is the key part of the process. And that's when you've got to really trust yourself. This is, I think I've referred to this already, but what the Greeks call a moment of kairos, uh, an opportune moment. It, it actually contrasts with their other word for time, which is chronos, which is like linear time. So it's like chirotic chiro- time or like kairos time is qualitative time. It's a, a time of change. It's a time of making a difference. It has like a permanent nature about it. And you can feel that to me, that's when the process gets weird. When you're like, hold up, it, it does, there's almost like a dreamlike quality sometimes when you're like, I know this, my life is changing right now and I'm not quite sure why. And ironically, you do kind of have to then trust your own process. And that's our second takeaway. Remember that you're a part of the process. So it's almost like you feel your foot stepping off that beaten path but there's still another path there for you and you're just, you're feeling it out. Uh, And that's your process. So don't divorce yourself from the process. Trust the process, but who's doing the trusting? It's you. 
you're part of the process. What your role is, is part of the process. Ideally, that means the larger process should incorporate your perspective and listen to it, whatever your role is on the team. And if you're a leader, you should look to do that for every single person on the team. It's very easy to reduce people to their operational role, but I think it's very important to make sure that everyone understand that it is their personhood that they are valued for bringing to the table. And even if they think they're just doing a nine to five job, we value the entirety of their experience that they are bringing when they clock in for that job. I really do believe that. Uh, and that's because even if they're just, uh, you know, some people say I'm, I'm just a cog, you know, I'm a small part of the process. Yes. But especially in this day and age, if a robot could do it, they would. So there's a person there for a reason. It's you. So you're a part of that process. Trust your role, whatever it is. And when the time comes, if it's that qualitatively different moment, that moment of Kairos, Listen to yourself. How do you do that? That's point three. All right. So before we do, let, let's talk. We got to take a little bit of a step back for point three. And I saved this for last because if I tried to do it at first and I got, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on the science fiction backstory. I don't want, I don't want to give too much credence to anti-science fiction people. I obviously am a fan. I think it has a lot to offer us, obviously, but I'm aware that some people think that kind of stuff is not for them. So this is a, a space opera. It's a, a science fiction story. There's no way around it. It has a cool backstory. And one of those things is that there's this order of like witchy space nuns that place their members that they've trained since childhood it's really kind of pretty dark when you think about it um they like take in orphans i guess and train them and then place them wherever they want them including to breed various aspects of their uh like their lineages to bring forth a being known as, and here's the, the third takeaway. I've got to get into the backstory because it's a cool saying. I hope I'm saying it right, but it's a, it's from a book and the guy who wrote it is dead. So I guess maybe he pronounced it. Maybe there's a recording, but here's our third takeaway. We are all the Kwisatch Haderach. We are all, the Kwisatch Haderach. Okay, what do I mean by that? Let's listen to our third clip. For thousands of years, we've been carefully crossing bloodlines to bring forth the one. A mind powerful enough to bridge space and time, past and future, who can help us into a better future. Okay. So the bet the I think I started talking about this, but to close the loop. So we have like an order of space witch nuns. They're like they're called the Benny Gesserit, and their plans are like centuries long term. And they're trying to crossbreed all of these lineages. They don't always tell you why you're going where. Um, and you know, it's kind of messed up, man. I mean, I you you can't 
we're in a post Jeffrey Epstein age and he wanted to like breed his lineage through his exploitative conquests of other people. And a character in this movie says to Paul, the Bene Gesserit say, serve the greater good, but they also serve their own purposes. That's when, to get back to our second point, that's when you have to trust your own part of the process, when you realize that people are serving their own purposes more than the greater good, it may be time to depart. Um, and so I couldn't help but think of that. I mean, that, that was just crazy to me. And the books and the movies don't tread lightly on it, on the cost that that imposes on people. Actually, that's where that sense of rightness, I think, first comes up in the book, is when Paul is realizing the scope of the manipulation that the Bene Gesserit engage in. And he's like, you guys, you, or you all take a lot on yourselves, don't you? And his, his internal sense of rightness is flaring up. Um, I don't mean to bring us back to point two, but again, it is a good example. But I think it's also important because, okay, I get it. If you think you're bringing about the literal Messiah, the voice that of the mind that is powerful enough to breach space and time and past and future and can help us into that better future, then those ends can justify a lot of means. And I think especially when you attribute that power to something greater than yourself. And I'm a religious person. I, this is not a religious podcast, but I don't want religious people to feel unwelcome or like I'm excluding them. I'm opening my arms to you. Um, I believe in a power greater than myself, but it's always going to resonate with something within you. If you think it's too arrogant to, you know, some people think that part of them is the part of God that lies within them. Some people don't want to tread on those grounds. That feels presumptuous. That's the part of them that resonates with their highest glimpses of a higher power. That's beautiful. I don't want to take that away. I want to honor that by reminding everybody listening to this that you really are your own Kwisach Haderach. That is our birthright as human beings. And this movie gets at that really well, that uh, you don't just have your, your father, the Duke's birthright, whatever the power structures of this world have said you have. You have your birthright from your mother, which she doesn't even understand, like in this, in this universe. But it gets at that, that deeper self, the messages from your dreams. You have more than what the status quo offers you, and you are more than the person you are sitting here listening right now. You're becoming something greater than you are right now. And the way that you get there, the bridge that you get there is your mind. Evolution, uh, the universe... God, the spirits, your ancestors, all of them, none of them, the void, whatever you want to call it, something brought forth your mind that's hearing these words right now. You're not in the garage with me. Human minds have already physically breached space and time and past and future for you to hear this recording in the future. But you can also do that when you just sit there with yourself, when you go deep on your dreams, or when you listen to that voice within yourself as you experience the greater reality of life. You can think about how things could be, how are things going to be? Where can I change those things? Sometimes that's going to be forced on you. Sometimes that's going to spring out at you and it's going to be your decision, whether you look at it or whether you run from it. And you know, that decision will then follow you. But in any case, you've got that mind. And this one thing this movie does really well is 
really implicitly and deeply questions the very human need to look for an external voice to solve everything. And I believe that we need that. I believe that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. And I don't think we can get at the whole of it. I think we can barely understand our part of the process and we need help to do that. That's part of my mission of this podcast, not just to, I hope, help anyone who can listen to it, but to help myself make sense of it. It's very helpful for me to think about these movies that I obsess over uh, and to think about what they might be bringing to the table for all of us. But the way you do that is by sitting with your mind and by bridging past and future and saying, what does this remind me of? What does this make me think about? What, as I face my day, you know, uh, what kind of desert sandworms am I going to need to face down? Uh, what kind of surprises am I going to learn? What kind of space, which nuns am I going to encounter? Either way, it's going to be your mind that empowers you to take those on. And that is always going to be the beginning of your journey. Whenever you can sit with yourself and go into that alternate space, that imaginative space, that space that says, how can things be different? That's, that's when you're stepping into that alternate journey. That's a moment of opportunity. And that's the beauty and really the, the terror of our, our power as human beings is that it, it's almost like we distract ourselves sometimes because that's too much to remember at any given moment. You'd go crazy. You need consciousness as opposed to the deepness that speaks to us from dreams. Uh, you, in, in many ways, the consciousness is the story, the good story that happens while we're awake. It's important. Um, but if we, can, if we can get into that dream space or if we can look at it when it comes to us, if we can encounter it, we, I really do believe you can be your own Kwisatch Haderach. So whatever you're listening to, whatever resonates with you, whether it's the movie Dune, Success Movie Rewind, any other podcast, any other speaker or guru or anything, remember that you're collaborating with that person or that text or that media property. And you have a say in what it means to you and you have a say in how it applies to your life and the lives of people around you. You are the Kwisatch Haderach in, in that regard. And if you can take that responsibility and if you can take those moments when you come, you will actually find yourself with the next problem and one that Paul kind of has gl glimpses of as we get ready to, to go on this journey with him, which is that other people will look to you as that external voice. And that's another opportunity and that's another responsibility. And we've talked about that a lot and we're going to continue to. Uh, because it is so important. But the way that you get there and the way that you stay on track when you are there is just, again, remember, ed, ed, everybody's the Kwisatch Haderach. So if you're ever not sure of what to do, sit with yourself, sit with your mind, ask yourself what you should do, ask yourself what you're bringing to bear on this moment. Why is it so troubling to you? What are the pros and cons? Whatever your process is, trust your part of the process. And remember that you're the Kwisatch Haderach, if not for anybody else, for yourself, but you can also be it for somebody else. Um, all right, folks. Well, I could talk all day about Dune and I may still do that, but I'm not going to do it on this podcast. That brings us to the end of this podcast, this episode of Success Movie Rewind. Thanks for joining us. Next week, we've got the new Batman movie. I think it's called just The Batman. 
uh, starring Robert Pattinson. I'm going to see it tonight, folks. I'm excited. I hope you join us next week. Who knows what the takeaways will be? I don't. Next week, we all will. Isn't that exciting? I just use my Quizatch Hatterach mind to predict the future. All right, folks. Thanks for joining. Talk to you next week. Bye. That's a wrap. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.